I think that there is more of a sense of urgency than there was 16 years ago and that young people are aware of their future more now and the challenges that face them. Welcome to the Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. The Listen Up Musical is an original musical based on the lives of Vermont teens that will be touring the state starting today. The musical is inspired, created, and performed by Vermont teens, and it goes to the heart of current youth issues, including mental health, resilience, racial justice, sexual identity, friendship, love, family, community, social justice, and other issues, including COVID, climate change, and the future of Vermont for young people. The tour begins at Northern Vermont University uh, this evening in Lindenville and concludes on August 15th with a performance on the State House lawn in Montpelier. And you can go to listenupvt.org for the schedule. Today we're going to spend the hour with the uh, producer and members of the cast and crew of Listen Up Vermont. Uh, Theo Novotny is a crew member. Miles Novotny is a cast member. And Sadie Chamberlain is a- another cast member. We're going to start by talking with the producer of Listen Up Vermont, Bess O'Brien. She is an award-winning documentary filmmaker and theater producer. Her most recent films include Coming Home, a documentary film focused on five people returning to their Vermont communities from prison, and The Hungry Heart, which was about prescription drug crisis in Vermont, uh, Governor Peter Shumlin cited the film as the catalyst for opiate addiction awareness across the state. Uh, Bess O'Brien co-founded Kingdom County Productions with her husband Jay Craven in 1991. And she was also the director and producer of the original Voices Project, which was a musical about the lives of Vermont teens that was produced in 2005. So I want to begin with Bess O'Brien. Bess, welcome back to the Vermont Conversation. Thanks a lot, David. Great to be here. Now, Listen Up Vermont um, was supposed to tour last fall, but uh, a certain pandemic got in the way. Just tell us about the um, the storyline behind Listen Up Vermont, when you began and what you had to do to prepare for this. Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, um, I had done uh, a similar project in about 2005 called The Voices Project, and it was the, an original musical based on the lives of Vermont teens. And we toured that show all over Vermont, and it was an incredible project, really raised consciousness in the state around what teens were talking about, needing, wanting in their lives. It was a great experience for me. Um, I Most people do know me as a filmmaker, but actually my background is in theater. So um, occasionally I like to dip back in and do a theater project. So I did the Voices Project 15 years ago, and then I decided 15 years later that I wanted to do it again. Voices Project 2.0, except this time I called it the Listen Up Project. Um, and so we were very lucky to gain the support right away of a number of major sponsors, uh, the Vermont Department of Health, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Vermont, Burton Snowboards, and others who really got on board and helped us launch the project. The pro- project was launched in 2019, March 2019. 
uh, at the State House with the Governor and Attorney General T.J. Donovan and a number of the Youth Advisory Board. Um, and we were off and running. And the first stage of the project was to spend eight months talking and listening to teens across Vermont and hearing their stories. And so we did that. And after those eight months, we had gathered from more than 800 students across the state stories and, um, you know, ideas and thoughts from these young people. And from that, we created a script. We brought kids together to help write all the music. And we were literally in March 2020, we were literally ready to have auditions. Um, and I really believe it was almost, I, I think it was literally one or two days before our audition day um, that we heard the news from the governor that there was a state of emergency and then Trump also called a state of emergency. And so we had to cancel our auditions. Um, and, you know, like many people, we were like, oh, this won't, you know, maybe we'll postpone it for a couple months and da 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 And then a couple months turned into three months and four months. And we all know the story. So... Essentially, we have postponed the show for a year, and um, in that time, we decided to bring all of the cast and crew together in the summer um, and do a live outdoor show that would be more conducive and safe for COVID. So here we are, um, August 4th. Tonight is our opening night, which is extraordinary. It's amazing we got here. Um, and we're touring for the next week and a half across the state of Vermont. Well, uh, I always believe that in crisis there's opportunity. And I have to think that the year that you were delayed by COVID is also year full of rich material in the lives of the teens who are the participants and creators of this musical. How did it change what the content of the musical was the, the, this COVID year? Well, I mean, I think certainly we had to add in COVID. Uh, we had a script that we were going to go with that had not, nobody even knew the word COVID. So we, the script now has sections of the show where um, the cast talks about their experiences being, uh, you know, out of school and away from friends and just getting through this, this year um, but I think it also gave us more time to work on the script. We had to move all of the songwriting on Zoom and write all the music on Zoom, which was a huge lift, um, but was sort of extraordinary to have happen. So, I mean, I think if there's one word that I would use for this entire project, it's resiliency. This is, you know, everything. It's like climbing Mount Everest. I think we're like two-thirds of the way up. Uh, and we've kept safe so far, knock on wood. We've kept everybody um, together and created this musical in a very, you know, rehearsed it, crewed it, uh, rehearsed the music and everything in a very short period of time. And so I think everyone has appreciated resiliency and everybody has appreciated being together. Um, and, I, you know, I'm sure you can ask the young folks sitting with me right now more about that, but I think... This has been a great moment after a year of people being away from each other to come together. You have the long view here, having done the Voices Project uh, 16 years ago. What issues are different now uh, in the Listen Up musical than were different uh, from the Voices Project? 
think, first of all, there's more activism now than there was 15 years ago. The people that I've talked to and a lot of the crew and the cast have shared their sense of, you know, the world. We're not living in a very stable place right now in the world. I mean, we can talk COVID. We can talk climate change. We can talk gun violence. We can talk uh, Black Lives Matter and the reckoning around racial justice. We can talk about LGBTQ um you know, identity and uh, struggles around that. Um, and so I think that there is more of a sense of urgency than there was 16 years ago and that young people are aware of their future more now and the challenges that, that face them than they did 16 years ago. Talk a little bit about the diversity of the ensemble. Um, I understand there's more than two dozen actors, musicians, designers, and stage crew. Um Describe who they are. Well, they're, uh, yeah, they're, first of all, they, they, the age range is 13 to 19. They're from all over the state. They're from urban areas, rural areas. Um, we have people of color. We have LGBTQ young people. We have trans folks. We have straight people. We have, uh, you know, people who have very different experiences from each other, who come from very different backgrounds. And, uh, you know, we have somebody who came here a year ago from Africa. We have, you know, we wanted a diverse cast. We wanted diverse stories. And we're very lucky to have so many um, folks who have different experiences on stage to tell those stories. Well, let's turn to some of the members of the cast. I'll start with Miles Novotny. Um, Miles, tell us a little bit about yourself, how old you are, um, where you go to school. Introduce yourself. All right. I'm Miles Novotny. I'm a 16-year-old. I live in Burlington and attend Burlington High School. So you have had the unique distinction of attending high school in a mall this last year. Indeed. <laughs> so uh, among the many challenges that this year has posed you, what is it like attending high school in a former Macy's? It's not only because of the fact that it's you know Macy's and still looks like Macy's, it's also just been different even the building aside, it's been different being in the center of Burlington where everything's happening around it because prior BHS had been out in the north end. And it's been a lot of great things. It's given a lot more opportunities to go different places, but it's also had a lot of challenges come with it. What are the challenges? Well, there's the noise issue insofar the walls are that the walls that they created to separate classrooms are not as efficient as one might hope for for blocking sounds so you can hear basically anything from the same floor there's a lot of things that have been interesting having to deal with covid and moving into a new building i think bhs has in general handled it very well Um, Miles, tell me a little bit about um, why you decided to participate in this musical. Well, I have two main reasons for participating in the Listen Up Project. One, I'm a very avid 
person, lover of musicals. So when I heard about this back in 2019, I instantly knew I wanted to try to be involved. And especially with COVID, it's been a chance to do live theater in the first time in years. And that's incredible. Also, I like to think of myself as kind of an activist of sorts. And this is a chance for teens to help share the experiences of others, teens. And that's an opportunity that I think is often not given. Miles, you sing a song in the musical called Faking Perfect. Um, could you tell us some of the opening lines of that song and say something about what it means to you, what the song Faking Perfect is about? Well, my opening solo goes like, hey, I know things aren't perfect. I know how it feels. I know how the world in there makes this one feel less real. And it's talking about how social media and it, the culture around it is kind of, he has taken over teens' lives, but, and though it's possible to still, I guess, be with people, even if you're kind of separated through social media. Is social media, I mean, how would you assess, you know, it's a huge part of people's lives, maybe an even bigger part of young people's lives. On balance, what is its impact on your life? Well, personally, I actually am a, in the very minority group in that I don't really have much social media at all. But it still had quite a big experience of impacting my life in so far that while I don't participate in social media, it's been a way for me to hear stories and see what's actually happening outside of my little bubble of existence, especially during COVID. Mm. The title of your song, Faking Perfect, what does that mean? It refers to kind of a feeling that you're, you need to pretend to be happy and like nothing's going wrong when I think all of us have something that means that we aren't always happy, but yet, especially through social media, you have to present this false face of perfection. Does this have a particular resonance for you? Do you feel like you go through the day faking perfect? Yeah, I think definitely, especially through the COVID period of time, going to school through COVID, there's been so much going on that I guess none of us really can always either express or hide all that's going on with us. Yeah. Hmm. Standing up on a stage and singing these words, um, you know, the, the chorus of your song, I'm, I'm reading it, says, all day long it's on replay in my head. All I can think about is what I heard or what she said or some skinny girl I know looks prettier than me or the A-plus paper that my dad will never see. Is it um, unsettling to kind of shout this out or sing this out? 
to the world, kind of revealing your truth in this very public way? For me, I think it isn't per se unsettling because it's something that I've come to terms with as a thing that it's undeniably the case. And personally, I think while it might be somewhat hard for me to tell my truth, I think it's so much more important that everyone else can hear that because I think me sharing my truth can help others at least understand a bit, if not help to make my truth a bit better. Um, I'd like to turn now to Theo Novotny, who is a crew member of Listen Up Vermont. And he also, he also plays in the band. And also plays in the band. Okay, Theo, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Theo Ellis Novotny. I'm also 16 from Burlington. I'm identical twins with Miles. And I'm a member of the technical crew and... I play cello in the pit band for the Listen Up musical. How big is the pit band? There are four students, including me, and our music director. So we have two keyboard players, a guitarist, a percussionist, and me on cello. Um, And what do you do on crew? Um, I'm part of the running crew, which are the people that are actually actively there on stage to make sure everything goes as planned and bring things to people or like we move set blocks if they need to be moved or take care of props. Have you done theater crew before? Um, I've never actually been backstage in a crew, but along with my brother, we do the props for our school's theater department. So I've been very familiar with this, the insides of theater and what it's like behind the scenes, especially having directed a one act previously. So I've never done this specific role, but this is in no way a new experience for me. When you heard there was going to be a musical touring Vermont uh, consisting of and led by Vermont teens, what interested you about that? I heard about this first from one of my friends who is on the youth advisory board. So it was fascinating that this musical that was like a take of trying to listen to the stories of Vermont it really interested me and I have hoped to be part of this for a while and I finally got a chance starting this previous fall with some of the workshops that happened and it's been a great experience to start being able to tell the stories of what's actually going on with us. What do you think is different about a musical that is not about Vermont teens, although it is that too, but it is by Vermont teens where you get to decide yourselves what the issues are that you sing and speak about. Well, I think the thing is many adults don't really understand everything about what it's like to be a teenager today. After all, how would they? And 
it's really important that this project is letting the teens take a role, a large role in shaping this, because we are such a distinct group of people, and we're all, we all have very important and different perspectives on life, especially from other generations. So it allows us to tell our truth, which might not have been the truth in the Voices Project, or it might not have been the truth in previous generations or generations in between. So it's very, it's very striking and important to hear the actual raw feelings and perspectives of teenagers nowadays. Tell me about this past year, this year of, at times, remote learning, of physical separation. What has that been like for you? It's been somewhat isolating. I'm somewhat, I'm kind of, I would, I describe myself as an extroverted introvert. So I have a lot of really close friends, but I'm not good with new people, and especially with digital learning and losing all the in-person aspects of school for almost a whole year. It's been hard for me to like make new connections with people, and people are so important. Teens nowadays, myself included, depend so much on our peers and our friends to help us get through times like this past year. I definitely would say my friends have been one of the biggest things keeping me going. You know, I heard a Vermont pediatrician, uh, she was testifying in the State House urging uh, a return to in-person learning. And one of the things she said that stuck with me is that the kids are not all right. And, um, you know, it's really something to hear a pediatrician say that. She's seeing a lot of young people. What would you say? I'd say that as hard as it is to hear, it's the truth. Because we aren't okay. None of us were anticipating or prepared or living in a pandemic. Nobody was prepared. But the thing is, we're in such a critical point in our formative years that we need the connections that we make with our peers, with our teachers, with everybody in our schools and our friends. It's critical to shaping how we become functional, responsible, and good adults. I know that uh, Listen Up Vermont includes a lot of issues, a lot of issues um, that are difficult and challenging, that are inspiring and exciting. What is an issue that you're especially um, gratified that is getting covered and talked about in this musical? I would say one of the biggest issues that stands out to me is gun violence and lockdowns in schools because our whole generation has grown up since elementary school being prepared of what we need to do if a shooter comes to our school. And it's something that children should never have to learn. You should not be a small kindergartner having to hear that you might die. 
and to just sit around and wait and hope that everything's all right. And it's something that a lot of people who are, haven't gone through it, they don't understand it. And our generation is so, our whole school experience, we've had to do lockdowns and active shooter drills. What is and an active shooter drill? Can you describe what, you, what it is you have to practice? Yeah. So the most common practice is, is everybody needs to get in a in one a room with a locked door. Sometimes you have to barricade the door for extra security, but sometimes that's impossible. You turn off the lights, close the window shades, and get in a corner or under your desks and just wait. And it is one of the worst experiences, especially if they don't tell you it's happening. I've had many times that nobody knew it was going to happen, that we just had a lockdown drill, and nobody knew it was a drill, so we were just sitting there. How often do you do these drills? It depends. I've I've had so many in the course of my I'm at Burlington, in the Burlington School District. It's hard to count. I mean, parents send their kids off to school in the morning, and they, you know, they the picture in their mind is of learning math and writing and poetry. They don't spend a lot of time thinking about their kid cowering under a desk, being told what to do if somebody is trying to kill them. That's an extraordinary yeah. image that you've painted for us here. It's, it's, it's a fact that all of us in schools nowadays have to live with, the fact that it happens, and just hoping that it's not going to happen here. Um, I want to return to producer Bess O'Brien. Uh, Bess, you have been using in producing this a, a non-hierarchical leadership structure and a collaborative approach called devised theater, in which a lot of this play was left unwritten. Um, can you explain what that is and how it's worked in practice? The teens are taking over. They're taking over. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the whole point of this thing is to keep going back to the source, right? Um, and because partly I'm a documentary filmmaker, that's what I like to do. I like to, you know, go to the source of what the issue is about and hear directly from those people who are witnessing that and uh, living in that experience. So um, even though there were adult writers and adult mentor songwriters who helped shape the script and the songs, teens were involved all the way along the line in giving feedback. And so one representation of the script was um, about six or seven months of writing the script first in person with teens and then online with teens. So we entered the rehearsal process on July 5th this summer with a script, quote unquote. And then the cast and some of the crew even gave feedback on the script and the script changed again. So um, certainly as a person who helped write the script, I, I had to put my ego aside and let a lot of things change and, um, you know, replace parts of the script that I had written or my co-writer Gary Miller had written. Um, and, you know, that was part of the deal. Um, obviously, we're also trying to create an artistic uh, 
project, so we were clear that, you know, the writing needed to be good and the work needed to be good. Um, but, yes, the, the kids were given a lot of um, leeway in the rehearsal process to um, put their two cents in, and they certainly did. How much of the original script is still intact as you go to performance now? <laughs> Everyone's laughing. Uh, a third, maybe? Uh, yeah. A lot of it's been changed. Some stuff is, was cut out because it just wasn't working. Um, some things sort of have the same tone but have different, you know, different dialogue. But, yeah, the, the teens went, went to work on my script. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like this is, you know, the process is actually the performance. Um, what you did was kind of walking the walk of what this musical is supposed to be about which is that the teens speak, the, the teens desert, de, determine the coverage, the issues, and obviously two-thirds of the script. Yep. I mean, I think that, you know, the, 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 the um, I hope, I'm looking at uh, my, my friends here, my team friends, I'm hoping the script was sort of created a boilerplate or a structure that they could work within. They're all nodding. So I think the script coming in was important. If we had started with nothing, I think that would have been really hard. Um, so the script up to the time of rehearsals did play an important uh, role. And then from that, the, you know, things were changed. But there was, yeah, there was some sort of um, structure to work within. So it wasn't just starting from scratch, which would have been, I think, too hard to do. Bess, what did you learn from the teen performers who you worked with? Well, I didn't really work with the team performance because I'm not the directors or the choreographer or the music director, but um, certainly vicariously through them, through the, the directors and choreographer, because I meet with them constantly and they tell me what's going on. And I'm also watching now rehearsals and taking notes and giving notes to the directors. Um, I think, you know, the fact that teens have a lot to say, we forget Um you know, like like Theo was saying, teens. We need to listen to teens because they have a lot to say, and we often think, oh, well, they're just you know, fourteen or fifteen or sixteen. What do they know? But actually, they know a lot, and we have to sort of step aside and really take the time to understand where they're coming from. This is their future that that they're moving into. You know, we are as adults. Um, maybe we have twenty years. Maybe we have thirty years. Maybe we have whatever. These, these young people have the next 50, 60, 70 years to look into the future of this planet and in this world, and we need to include them in the decisions being made going forward in a big way, at least I think so. So it was great to have them part of that discussion. Well, let's bring into the conversation Sadie Chamberlain, one of the cast members of the Listen Up musical. Uh, Sadie, welcome to the Vermont Conversation. I wonder if you could just introduce yourself. Of course. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Sadie Chamberlain. I am 19 years old, and I'm going to attend uh, St. Michael's College in the fall, and I graduated Linden Institute in the spring of 2020. What drew you to participate in this musical? Why were you interested? Well, um, in November of, God, it was almost three years ago, 
I'm sitting in my room, and one day my phone vibrates with an email with the subject line, we want you from the mysterious Beth O'Brien. And I said, Beth, what do you want? And uh, I had been asked to be part of the uh, original writing advisory board for the very, very beginnings of the script. So that is how I got into the Listen Up project initially. And then later this spring, uh, auditions were sent out and I wanted to audition. And then I got a call back. And now I'm part of the cast, and I'm super excited and feel very honored to be a part of this project. You have a song in this musical called The World is on Fire. Um, I know this is a little um, putting you on the spot, but would you mind singing uh, a verse from it to, so we can hear what it sounds like and what you're talking about? Sure, absolutely. I'll sing a little verse. Do you want... I can just go from the beginning. Sure. And if you want to sing the whole thing, that's fine, too. Oh, I don't have to sing the whole thing. (laughs) Sing sing as much as you want. Okay. Uh, So, um, I'm writing this while listening to the news. The reporter says it's under control. Up on Capitol Hill, the rioters scream. That's real, that's fake, now you listen to me. And then it continues to go, and then the the ending choruses are when we really talk about um, the world is on fire. You want to go to the ending chorus? And by the way, you have a magnificent voice, so I'm really glad I asked. You just sing. It is not warm yet, but it will be. Right, so. <laughs> I hope I'm helping you warm up. Well, thank you. Um, let me see. Um, it goes. Um, you guys could probably yes. help her. Yes. Actually, why don't we have all three of them sing it? Because so, they know her. do you want me to go from the part about America and then you guys yeah. can sing under me? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Trio. Um, when we were little, the teachers tell us of all the good we did. We learned the fairy tale of America when we were just kids. Like how we fought for freedom and learned to resist. Till we grow up and learn that the fairy tale doesn't exist. One foot in front of the other was the burden we're meant to shoulder. And I'm doing my best to make it right. What can I say? One foot in front of the other. Put the burden we're meant to shoulder. And I'm doing my best to make it right. So I'll light the light. And I'll fight the fight. It's all right to forgive. And the world is on fire. The world is on fire. That's me clapping. Um, that's fantastic. And uh, for people who want to hear more, because this is just a teaser, uh, do attend one of the performances of Listen Up uh, Musical. Uh, Sadie, let me ask you about what this song means to you. You begin by talking about seeing the Capitol Hill insurrection 
and rioters, and it continues with that verse you just sang, uh, one foot in front of the other towards the burden we're meant to shoulder, and I'm doing my best to make it right, one foot in front of the other. What is this about? Um, well, it's, it, I like the progression of the song because it starts in a very um, defeatist manner. There's actually a line that goes, I'm so tired of the weight, that stoic feeling you can't shake. And, you know, so you, I'm at that point, I'm kind of raising the white flag. But it's kind of, I think the song is really about coming to terms with as a young person, you know what, this is, this is our world, and, you know, those who are uh, behind us are going to have to get in the movement of progress or get out of the way. You know, so much of the debate about the, the insurrection uh, of Trump supporters uh, against, you know, attacking the Capitol, uh, the debate has raged among adults on TV. What was it like for you to experience that? Um, I was very um, benumbed at that time, and I know that sounds extremely um, cynical. And it just, because it's so emblematic of what um, I feel the, the left has been trying to say um, since Trump began his presidency, like, these are the sort of things that are going to happen if you continue to let um, people who are self-serving um and authoritarian to be um, part of a notably democratic nation. And I just kind of sat there, not really scared, but just unsurprised and yet motivated to um, fight against people who want to um, shake the foundations of equality and free speech. What's an issue of the many that you deal with in the, in the musical that's especially important to you that this musical raises? Um, I would say so many. All of the issues are equally as important, so I don't want to put one thing above anything else because it all has the same magnitude to me. But something I think adults forget that Listen Up addresses really well is that... Um, being a teen is stressful because you don't know what your next step is. And I know everybody doesn't know what their next step is at a certain point. But, you know, when you're, when you're 40, 50, unless something really unexpected happens, you, you, you kind of know what you're doing next. You, hopefully you have your profession, you have everything in that rotation. But when you're young and you have all this stuff spread out in front of you, people look back at it kind of wistfully and I'm like, Really? Because it's wigging me out. I have a lot of stuff spread out in front of me. And I'm excited, but it's extremely nerve-wracking. And Listen Up does a really good job of addressing that even though we're, we're becoming grown-ups, we're still at quite tender ages to be have all this st- stuff barreling toward us. There's an article that just came out about an hour before uh, you came on in seven days about your production, and you're quoted in there, and your quote is that you say that uh, in the past you feel you've been put on this unnecessary pedestal 
as an actor with physical disabilities, but this is different. Could you explain what you mean by that? So um, I have um, cerebral palsy, and cerebral palsy affects everyone differently. I'm just giving a brief synopsis for listeners. And um, for me, I struggle with fine and gross motor tasks as well as balance, um, gait, and my motor planning. So my understanding of choreography as well as my execution of choreography is flawed, not only because my muscles don't respond well, but because I don't innately know how to plan for those movements, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, continue. And, you know, I've I've been doing community and school theater since I was five years old, and a lot of people are either kind of just like, stick it on the edge and, and you know, see what sticks. And other people um, really feel this need to make me feel like a special pretty, pretty princess. And uh, that's uh, really offensive to my sensibilities because even though my body may not be able to interpret um, an artist's vision, vision as, as well as someone who is fully able, um, I, I really respect... Um, art in all forms, especially in the form of theater. So when people think that me just doing a, a, a dance step correctly is this huge accompl- accomplishment and, oh, you're contributing such great work, well, they can clearly see me stumbling around. I, I know that I'm, I'm messing up, so just give me notes to make it better instead of trying to placate me because at the end of the day, it's about the art, not about um, trying to conceal um my disability and what the Listen Up Project has done really well is they have given me thorough notes. They've told me what looks good. They've told me what doesn't look good, but they're not they're not dancing around my feelings, and that is what I love. That's what makes me feel um, the most human, and I so appreciate that. Can you uh, give me? Yeah. Wait, Miles. Thea uh, wants to say something. And as someone who has watched the rehearsal process. It's been a really great experience to watch Sadie join such a cohesive group, and it looks amazing. You know, Sadie, we talk about in school, um, you know, the the mainstreaming and, and ensuring that people with physical disabilities are, you know, not excluded, but, you know, what you're describing is that even in inclusion, it can be done in a way that feels very isolating. What would yeah. you hope is the lesson that people take away from this musical and your part in it? I, you know, I'm very fortunate to be born in, in, the, in the time frame that I was. And, you know, disability rights weren't even really discussed until the 1970s, so I can't believe how far we've come just from there. But anyway, I guess the the biggest thing I I would say is I want someone with a similar issue or a totally different issue to be in the audience and say, look, mom, dad, she's, she's there and it's not special and it's not awkward and it's not like, and now we're transitioning scenes and look at how we are assisting this crippled person across the way. No, I'm very much I'm very much a part of this group. I'm still a teen, I'm still a woman. I still have all the same, 
you know, wants and desires than anybody else. I just have to interpret the world differently because of my circumstance and listen up to a really good job of just making me feel part of the group without having cerebral palsy encapsulate my entire identity within that group. Hmm. Well, I want to turn to another song and and uh, warm up your voices here because this is going to require everybody. This one is called Lockdown, and uh, Theo, you, uh, you, you kind of tipped... The, your hand with this and talking about these lockdown drills that students have to go through that parents often are unaware of. You have a whole song about it. Could you guys um, sing a few verses of lockdown? Yeah. Okay. All right. What I'm waiting for, wondering who's gonna help us now. Get up and lock the door. Sitting in the darkness looking for, I don't know no wait anymore. No one's coming to help us now. Are you sure you locked the door? Sitting in the darkness looking for a way out. Stop and look around, get down onto the ground. Want to yell when we're not allowed. Lockdown, let's go hide. Don't know if it's safe inside, but fine, and feel so loud. Lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. <laughs> and there's a very cool band playing also with it. Our band is phenomenal. band is awesome. Alyssa K. Thompson, our musical director, is Dynamite. She's worked on Broadway. She's worked on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's obviously uh, she's got a lot of great talent to work with. That's no no director or producer gets to uh, stand up on the stage and perform this, and you guys do a great job of that. Um, I wonder if, uh, you know, Theo spoke about the meaning of uh, of the issue. Sadie, could you say something about what this song means to you and, and what this experience is like for you that you're kind of putting out there for people to experience? Um, what lockdown means to me um, is, you know, it's emblematic, obviously, but... CEO had said, and, and just the fear of having to, you know, have to practice waiting to see if someone's going to kill you, that's, you know, bone chilling. And for me, I actually have to, like, shut my mind off, mind off during lockdown because as, as a disabled person, by a technicality, you would prioritize me in the lockdown just because I can't move as fast. But in that getting out process, that also leaves me vulnerable. So for me in lockdowns, I just kind of have to pretend it's not happening as well as keep my ears open at the same time. And that's a really, it's a really precarious place to be because like I, I can't not pay attention, but I know that uh, essentially my uh, potential for surviving a lockdown is lesser. So I kind of just have to like shelve it 
and put it in little categories in my mind. Um, and and to sing and, and, and perform Lockdown, I actually think that my experience as a dancer in that song uh, actually alludes to the experience I was just describing for you. I get there uh, the last in the cast, and that was not intentional. That's just the movement. It wasn't like they were trying to highlight me or anything. And I was just realizing yesterday, like, that would be true, though, in a lockdown. I'd be the last out, um, mm. especially if people weren't attending to me. And if the lockdown was not a drill, I don't know where I'd be. Sadie, what do you hope that audience members take away from Listen Up Musical? Um, you know, that, you know, people have this wonderful picture of Vermont, and it is a wonderful place to live. I think there's a groundswell of art and culture in Vermont, especially in the Northeast Kingdom, where we're uh, calling you from today. But it's not, it's not just hippies and, and Ben and Jerry's and, and cows. It's a lot more than that. It's, uh, in, and in Vermont, the teen experience is so, rich because I'd like to think we're a pretty uh, inclusive place to live. And from that comes all of these people with different uh, identities and, and backgrounds and preferences and approaches to living. And, and Listen Up does a very good job of, of touching all of that, as well as um, showing, especially adults, perspectives that they may not have seen when they were younger. And I would just encourage the adults that are coming tonight and, you know, the nights to come, um, you know, becoming an adult is hard because you get stuck. And I am fighting the urge not to be stuck in my own opinions because at 19, you think your opinions are the best. <laughs> and I, I really don't want to keep that mentality forever. And I would just encourage the adults coming tonight, uh, don't stay stuck. Uh, open your ears, open your minds, and, okay. and listen up is all about respect and equity. We're going to have to leave it there. I want to thank you, Theo Novotny, Miles Novotny, and Sadie Chamberlain, members of the crew and cast, and producer Bess O'Brien with Listen Up Vermont.